As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. The C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. Hello and welcome. It's Justin Briley still sitting in for Ruth Jackson on our current season of the C.S. Lewis Podcast featuring renowned theologian and author Alistair McGrath. Alistair, of course, author of the defining biography C.S. Lewis, A Life. And we're currently journeying with Alistair through seven of Lewis's significant apologetics and devotional Christian works. Pilgrim's Regress, The Problem of Pain, The Screwtape Letters, The Great Divorce, Surprised by Joy, Reflections on the Psalms and The Four Loves. And today we're approaching the problem of pain. Now, if you're wondering where things like mere Christianity and Narnia are in that list, well, just check out our podcast archive. We've done in-depth shows with Alistair on those titles and others in the past. Uh, We've got some exciting news that we have a new online home for the C.S. Lewis podcast as part of our premier unbelievable apologetics and theology ministry. Uh, This show, along with a growing stable of other podcasts, including Unbelievable, Ask N.T. Write Anything, our recent edition of the Matters of Life and Death podcast with John and Tim Wyatt, well, they can now all be accessed from one place, premierunbelievable.com. You can support the show from there. You can register for our newsletter for updates and exclusive content. Plus, we have a free ebook, God's Not Dead, on the case for God from science and philosophy by William Lane Craig when you sign up. So that's premierunbelievable.com your place for the podcast now and linked from today's show in the show notes. Alistair, of course, one of our keynote speakers as well at Unbelievable, the conference this year, where we'll be officially launching our new Premier Unbelievable ministry. And you can book in live from the British Library. You can be there in person or online from anywhere in the world. Our theme is God Unmuted, helping the church to find its authentic voice again. We've just excitingly added two more speakers to our big lineup of speakers. Um, Jeff Fine, a California church leader, missionary and apologist, and Calvin Robinson, who's a soon-to-be ordained Anglican um, and conservative commentator. Some really interesting, diverse voices uh, on the bill for this year's conference. So really looking forward to that. Check out uh, all the speakers and the subjects over at the website. That's unbelievable.live. Again, there's a link with today's show. For now, into today's discussion. Welcome back to today's edition of the show. Currently in the podcast, we're looking through some of the major works of Lewis that we haven't had a chance to delve into before. Um, We've certainly done whole seasons on Mere Christianity, the Narnia books that you've gone through with, with Ruth Jackson uh, Alistair, but this time we're taking an episode at a time to look at some of Lewis's uh, well-known works, his shorter Christian devotional or discipleship books. Um, 
We're going to be looking at the problem of pain today, I think first written, published at least in 1940. Tell, tell us a little bit of the background to this book, how it, how it came to be written, Alistair. Well, this is a very important book for Lewis's development as a Christian apologist. Lewis was asked to write this book. I mean, sometimes Lewis would decide he'd like to write a book, but in this occasion, he was asked. I think that, that the fact that he was asked to write a book about how Christians could wrestle with the problem of pain it almost seemed to Lewis to say, this is what I'm meant to be doing. He was an atheist who became a Christian. And in fact, he opens this book by talking about his journey from atheism to Christianity. So he, clearly he's positioning himself as an atheist or an ex-atheist who knew what the problems were, who had found Christian answers. And Ashley Sampson, um, a, a publishing agent, uh, had heard that Lewis was a very good writer and thought it was worth taking a risk on him and saying, look, would you be able to do this book? And uh, Lewis said yes. And um, I think the second major point to make about this is not simply that Lewis was asked to write this book, but that he actually set this book before the Inklings. Now, the Inklings, as you all know, was this group of people, including Warney's, uh, Lewis's brother and J.R.R. Tolkien, um, who, in effect, would read each other's draft writings and make comments. And Lewis's problem of pain, actually, was not simply Lewis speaking. It was Lewis speaking and being critiqued and improved by the Inklings. So it's a very important book. It was published in um, 1940, written in 1939. And of course, that's when the Second World War began. So actually, this, this book appeared at a time when people were thinking more about the problem of evil and suffering and pain. So actually, it was a very apposite moment for Lewis to make his appearance as a Christian apologist. And, and what can readers expect to find? What, what does, how does Lewis lay this out and, and how does he attempt to answer this, obviously, what has been a perennial question in, in Christian theology? Well, Lewis begins by introducing himself. He says, look, I used to be an atheist, not anymore. Now I'm a Christian. And this actually changes the way I think about things. It changes the way I see the world. A theme, of course, which was flagged up in the Pilgrim's Regress. And it means you, it's a changed way of looking at suffering. And so Lewis, in effect, is presenting himself as someone who um, would once have thought that the problem of pain was a defeater um, for God and now doesn't think that anymore. And he wants to help people think this through. And he does this by, in effect, trying to get us to see the problem of pain and the nature of God in a new way. I think one of the key points that Lewis is going to make is that we tend to have certain fixed ideas about what it means, for example, to speak of God as being good. And he says this really messes up the way in which we think about the problem of pain. So basically, um, we, we need to rethink our whole understanding of God if we're going to get this one right. That's a very important theme in the problem of pain. Uh, and like so many of Lewis's books, it contains many of those very sort of quotable sort of aphorisms and statements and so on, which obviously lead out to, to bigger ideas. But but probably one of the ones that people know best from the problem of pain is is when he speaks about pain as God's megaphone. In fact, I've, I've got a short quote from it here. He says, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. What, what, so tell us a little bit about what Lewis meant by this and, and, and how he develops this idea. The key point Lewis is making really is that we need to discover our mortality and our fragility. And that 
suffering unfortunately is the best way of disclosing this to us if you like it is being forced to realize we are not going to live forever it's about realizing that in effect we are mortal human beings and therefore we have to sort a few things out and that's where this language of um, uh, the megaphone comes in that actually you know we need something that's going to actually speak to us powerfully and suffering pain are the ways in which this happens and he also talks about um, pain being, I think it's the flag of truth within the fortress of a rebel soul. It's, it's all about, in effect, this being something through which God speaks to us. So we need to ask, what is God trying to say to us in and through suffering? And Lewis will kind of way occasionally use medical analogies. You know, it's like a doctor who sees pain as a symptom of illness and having diagnosed a problem can kind of way tell us how to deal with it. So if you'd like, one of Lewis's key insights here is that pain is about helping us to realize our true condition. It's about um, helping us to grasp what's wrong with us and what can be done about it. So I think it, it is, it, these are quite um, simplistic slogans, but actually they are representative of what Lewis says in this book. And um, providing we, we don't overlook the fact that there's a lot more than this, but certainly it's a key theme. We need to realize we are mortal and pain is one of the ways in which this happens. And, and in that sense, you know, as you've hinted there, it, it is a very academic, almost philosophical, really, discussion of the problem of pain. But maybe some have said a bit too academic, you know, and, and doesn't, you know, to, 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 and that's the problem, I suppose, with any kind of theodicy. In the abstract it it can appear rather cold when it comes to people's actual suffering you know is describing pain as god's megaphone to rouse a deaf world actually going to help someone who's going through the throes of terrible suffering possibly not so 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 i mean what do you make of that sort of criticism that has been leveled at books like lewis's the problem of pain i think it is a problem that occurs with anyone who writes about explaining the problem of pain in relation to God's goodness and God's omnipotence. In effect, it ends up being a little bit academic, a little bit intellectual. And for most people, um, the real issue about pain is it hurts. It's an experience. It, it, it makes us wonder whether there's any point in life. And, and Lewis, I think, does run the risk of over-intellectualizing the problem of pain. I mean, his critics would say, well, look, he doesn't really engage very well the emotional side of suffering. Now, that is right, but I think we can say two things which might set this in context. Number one, Lewis had been asked to write this book. And in effect, the kind of way the, the approach he adopted reflects the, the brief given him by Ashley Sampson. But secondly, I mean, Lewis did feel it was important to engage this, this philosophical question because as an atheist, he knew that um, one of the things that supported his atheism as a younger man was this idea that um, suffering and evil in the world cannot be consistent with the existence of God. So if you like, Lewis had been there and he reckoned others were still there and he wanted to try and help them to move on. So I think we do need to give Lewis a little bit of um, rope here, if I can put it like that, because it is uh, a fair point. But if we look at a later work, uh, A Grief Observed, which was published in 1961, that is also about the problem of suffering, but it is 
really a very emotional book where Lewis takes the, the emotional impact of mm. suffering, particularly bereavement, very, very seriously. So if you like, uh, you have this remarkable situation where in A Grief Observed, Lewis sometimes relate or refers to the earlier arguments of the problem of pain and says when, you, when you're really going through the experience of bereavement, these arguments don't really work very well. I think that is a, a very fair point to make, but Lewis did not make that point back in 1940. So one of my early engagements with Lewis was actually playing um, Douglas Gresham in a, a, a play of Shadowlands um, at my local repertory theatre. And, um, and I remember that play especially for the fact that it very much took some of Lewis's passages in The Problem of Pain and put, put them in a sort of lecture style where he was, you know, in, at various points between scenes delivering lectures on The Problem of Pain and sort of the apologetic arguments for reconciling God and pain and so on. But then, of course, contrasting it with this um, relationship he had with Joy Gresham and the fact that she obviously had cancer. And, and it kind of comes to this point where Lewis, by the end of this play, sort of sees his attempts to reconcile God and suffering as, as sort of almost, you know, ridiculous in the context of actual, the actual suffering he's gone through. I mean, to what, to what extent is that a true representation of the way Lewis's personal acquaintance with suffering came to, I don't know, uh, have a bearing on what he'd actually written philosophically about the subject? Do you think he did sort of eventually see the problem of pain as, as too sort of simplistic in that sense, uh, a way of dealing with, with this on an intellectual level? Well, Lewis does make it clear in the problem of pain that he is offering, if you like, an intellectual engagement with this problem. And so he does make a distinction between the intellectual problem raised by pain and the experience of pain. And I think for a lot of people, once you make that move, you've kind of way cut a very important link with what makes pain a problem. It's not just that actually you lack an explanation. It's that I need help to cope with this. And what Lewis is offering in The Problem of Pain is an explanation. But that's not really what people want. They want some way of coping with this, something that will help them to deal with this. And just knowing that somehow it fits into um, a way of thinking about God doesn't really help all that much. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, The Problem of Pain is seen as a good book, but it doesn't go far enough and it doesn't ask some of the questions which make pain such a problem to many people. Because for many people, the problem of pain is A, it hurts, and B, it suggests our universe is incoherent. And Lewis kind of gives a nice intellectual analysis, which is helpful, but you're always left feeling there's a lot more that needs to be said. Now, again, we can defend Lewis because <laughs> he was told how long this book could be, so he had limits. And he does say some very good things in it, but the problem really is there's a lot more that does need to be said. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, people sometimes prefer approaches to the problem of evil, which are more narrative in character, talking about somebody experiencing pain, how they dealt with it, and then they mm. can relate to that story because they can bring their own story into alignment with that. So it, it's a good book. And I think it really demonstrates Lewis's potential as both a writer and an apologist. But again, it's a step on a journey and the journey continues. And and do you feel that Lewis did eventually sort of flesh out that more narrative approach, other ways of engaging with the issue of suffering in, in his later books? Obviously, you've mentioned A Grief Observed. Um, is, is that the sort of 
that the answer to that sort of side of 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 how Lewis approached this whole whole issue? I, I don't think it's the answer. I think I think it's a different perspective. I think maybe um, the Chronicles of Narnia, which is much more narrative in character, does talk about um, experiencing suffering and trying to figure out what this is all about, and enabling us to cope with suffering and even to grow through it. And one of the things I like so much about the Chronicles of Narnia is character development. Actually, the children and others grow, and sometimes they grow through their experience of suffering. And Lewis doesn't offer us a philosophical resolution of the problem of evil, but we see how they grow through adversity, through suffering, and things like that. So maybe that's a, a better approach. But there's one other thing to say, which is, of course, if you read the New Testament, yes. which I think most of us would say is very, very important, the New Testament is very, very clear that suffering does not mean that you are alienated from God. It does not mean that you're in divine disfavor. Christ has been there before it and is with you as you suffer, but it doesn't offer an intellectual rationalization of faith. And that, I think, is what a lot of people note about the New Testament, that in effect, what we really need to hear is, look, you aren't on your own here. God is with you as you go through this and think of Christ who bore this pain. He's been there before you. And you pick that up a bit in A Grief Observed. I think that's a very important point to make. But Lewis doesn't really do enough with that. I think many people feel in the problem of pain. Yes, yes. I, I, I suppose I, I would agree that actually that, that, that certainly it's often through that narrative storytelling that you get a much more of a sense of that. What has sometimes been called again, uh, you know, in philosophical terms, a soul making mm -hmm. theodicy, you know, the yeah. idea that the sufferings and, and things we endure in life are part of what it is to become fully human and develop character and so on. But it's obviously only often in seeing it in the lives of people that, that you see that. And, and, and that's probably true in the New Testament as well. It is in the life of Christ that you see something come shine through it's in the sufferings of his followers in Acts and so on that you you don't get a you know a, an explicit academic philosophical justification for pain but you do see what what's what's going on mm. in the processes as people you know are willing to suffer for the sake of Christ and so on um is it the kind of book nevertheless you would still give to someone who had an intellectual problem perhaps not for someone who's going through suffering but someone who has a genuine intellectual question on how you can reconcile a loving god and the fact of evil and suffering in the world there have been a lot of books published on the problem of suffering but lewis's one is still one of the go-to books you know it's still widely cited and many people find it helpful not necessarily because it resolves the problem but because it says look there are answers and here's the beginnings of one so actually it remains an important book um i personally find more narrative approaches more helpful but actually lewis does bring that in elsewhere in his writing. So again, let's see this book as Lewis journeying. He's developing his style, he's developing his approach. And I think that uh, one of the things I would have loved uh, Lewis to do is to have a book which was really about a more narrative approach to suffering. I mean, it comes up occasionally in some of his uh, stories, but I think that mm -hmm. it'd be fascinating to know what he would have done with it. But the pro problem of pain, great start. Thank you very much for taking us through it on today's edition of the podcast, Alistair. So um, what are we looking at next when it comes to Lewis's work? Well, we're looking at the Screwtape Letters, which in many ways was a breakthrough book for Lewis. It really, it really established him as a Christian writer with a new look, a new way of approaching things. And that got him noticed in a big way. 
Great. Well, I look forward to it. That's on next week's edition of the show. For now, thank you very much for being with me this week, Alistair. It's been a pleasure as always. Well, thank you for listening to this week's show. As you heard, it's the Screwtape Letters next time, published in 1942. It really saw Lewis rise to international prominence as an author. Uh, Alistair will be talking to me about the creative approach Lewis uses there, uh, conversion, temptation, the Christian life, the issues that get... uh, that get dealt with if you'd like more from this show do visit our new ministry show page premierunbelievable.com you can support us there find out about our range of shows and resources and register for our newsletter we'll even send you a free ebook as a thank you again that's premierunbelievable.com links are with today's show and of course unbelievable the conference with alistair coming up on saturday the 14th of may go and check the details out there as well it's linked from today's show the website for that is unbelievable.live for now thanks for being with us and see you next time